0: After Dark is brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations. For all of your vacation planning needs, visit www.sandpipervacations.com. Tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. And now, welcome to NNF After Dark with your host, the scumbag reselling hoarder himself, Chris. Chris is going to take you through the previous episode and maybe even say some bad words, plus celebrity interviews, other podcast interviews, and much more. And now, here he is, the scumbag reselling hoarder himself,
1: Chris Yob. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you for the... Insane introduction there, Scott. Uh, Like Scott said, this is No New Friends After Dark, where we not only pull back the curtain, we yank it off the the hinges. We rip that thing. We put it in the shredder. We show you. We expose ourselves. Right, Scott? Uh, I think that's the best way to part. We expose ourselves to the listeners. Um, We take a deep dive right in between the legs of our prior episode. So um, actually, we're not even going to dive into our prior episode. We're going to go in, I guess, a couple episodes ago. I felt really uncomfortable with that, (laughs) but that's okay. You guys take everything the wrong way. Oh, my (laughs) God. I'm being totally innocent here. So it it has occurred to me that you have been introducing Sarah Sarah as the food truck uh, critic. Yeah. Yeah. And it has occurred to me that I think only you, me, and maybe one other person on this earth know why. And maybe her whole family. I don't know why you call her that. So, Sarah, I want to give you the the floor and kind of explain why 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 the hell is Scotty yeah, calling you that? Real quick before she does
0: that. So, yeah, in in, in the last episode, uh, episode one forty, uh, you can put it in any hole or whatever I named it with Larry Hankin. Yeah, I, with a lot of food truck jokes, and then I realized afterwards we never talked about that on air. That was no. a lot of bonus bonus content for our Patreon members. So, Sarah, take it away.
2: Oh, well, um, it started off on a sunny afternoon. Uh, no, um,
0: (laughs) picture it, Deltona, uh, 2023. Yes.
2: yes. Uh, we'd been to this food truck a couple of times before we just kind of discovered it one day. It looked amazing. Lewis and I had just gotten back from Puerto Rico. So we were still, you know, in the mood for Puerto Rican food and we kept going to the same place over and over again. And we saw it. Did
0: you go to Taco Bell?
2: No, oh, my God, we went to this amazing, amazing Puerto Rican bakery in Deltona. Actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing compared to Taco Bell, but you know they try their best. <laughs> um, and we that saw so bad, was so bad. That was so <laughs> bad.
1: <laughs> Lewis just shot at my house. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that another racist thing. I mean, oh my gosh! What do you assume he has a gun, Scott? Oh my gosh. He's- <laughs> My goodness oh, my. gracious! We're three minutes what are into after doing? dark. What are we are doing three minutes here? in. Please, it's go our, on, th- Seth. I know
0: this is our first after dark oh and probably our gosh. last. What the hell is going on?
2: I'm waiting for a comment from him.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to unplug the computer and say, "Okay, you're done with that That's podcast. It. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun yeah. with your women's podcast, uh, the women's edition."
2: Yeah, right. Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
2: so we. We ended up going to this food truck a couple of times and it was fantastic. And one day we decided the, the girls have a tradition every Wednesday when we pick them up from school, we do Wawa Wednesday and they oh. wanted to skip oh. it. Yes. Oh, it's oh. a whole thing.
1: Scott has Wawa Wednesday like every single day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. day is Wawa Wednesday. Yeah. Well, I, like, I like the quesadillas. That's like my favorite thing. The quesadilla. I throw some jalapenos in there. Um, it it's spicy down, on the way down and the way out. Now, Sarah, you're,
1: real quick before you go on with your story, you're uh you're white, but you're married to um a, uh, someone who is of Hispanic descent. Now, so I think you are an expert on this. Is there anything whiter than ordering a quesadilla at Wawa?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, you know I. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, just plead the fifth no. on this one and keep the
0: I, I plead the
2: fifth. I plead
0: the fifth. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a Star Wars reference.
2: We um, no, we we enjoy our Wawa Wednesday. It's fantastic, and um,
0: well, it's an alliteration, and we love alliteration. Yes, we love yes, we do.
2: We do. Um, yeah, and and I also have to limit it to one day a week because it would be an everyday occurrence if we would allow it to be so. We have to limit it to the one day. So the alliteration day is perfect. Um, <laughs> so we we get in the car after picking up the girls from school. And they said, you know what? Skip Wawa Wednesday. Let's go to the food truck. Fantastic. So we end up there. Um, and the girls ordered tripleta fries, which uh, is... Boy, can
1: you, can you, can you, wait, say that again. What is it? Tripleta. Tripletta?
2: Tripleta. T-R-I... Oh. P-L-E-T-A. Wait, hold on. You're tough. starting to sound
0: more Puerto Rican than you are Jewish. I need you to add some phlegm to your talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be
0: honest. I tried to, you to get that out of my
2: system. Okay. that That's a story for a whole nother day. But my dad is, <laughs> is from Montreal and they begged me to take Spanish because I live in Florida. And I ended up taking French because my dad speaks French. And they laughed in my face when I married a Puerto Rican man. <laughs> You there's
3: so
0: much
1: going on yes. there,
0: <laughs> there, there, there really is,
2: <laughs> is there really is there's anyone ever calls you're, you you're like the, they just
1: uh, burst into flames
2: <laughs> like there's just <laughs> sarah's like the food
0: court at the mall like what, <laughs> what, what is going
2: on which i will never visit um probably maybe, <laughs> it reminds me of the food truck
0: this should have been in the main episode because then she could just be food court sarah it would, yeah. it would, it would be a very short nickname
2: <laughs> our ours has totally died out so i couldn't give you any content from our own uh,
1: that's interesting.
2: well i'd have to go to Stanford, and we know how that ended oh in the you episode. don't know I, I know like I, I know
0: <laughs> speaking of which half that mall is like closed it's is like, it really? like, yeah, like, well, the downstairs is all closed. It's like the upstairs is kind of open. There's a couple things open here and there. Downstairs is like The Walking Dead or 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 Dawn of the Dead. The, I, you know because Dawn of the Dead, I think, was in a mall. It was I the probably
2: mall. haven't been there in. <laughs>
1: Neither is anybody else.
0: Well,
2: yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) it's probably been at least two and a half, almost three years because when our youngest was in VPK, she did a half a year or she had did a half a day. And then we would bring her to the mall to just kind of kill time, walk around, go to the food court, whatever. And we didn't have that problem. So I hope you're happy.
1: You killed the mall. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor mall. Because the one in my town is also dying out too. So I guess it is a (laughs) turn. You gotta go.
0: There's a lot of things dying in your town. You've got wives killing husbands in the hospital because they're, they're old and sick. you got malls dying.
2: It's Daytona Beach. What can I say? <laughs> there's, there's so much content just in my one little town.
0: There, there's actually a committee in Daytona Beach. God, I wish my wife was here. It's like they, they developed a committee just to say yes to things.
3: Really? Because like it's
0: really hard to pass anything in Daytona.
1: It's like the 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 do it committee. I I I Yeah Scott find got his wife on that committee. <laughs> <laughs> the do it committee. Count me in. Say yes to anything. Sign her up. <laughs> it's like so the anyway. do good committee. I don't know. Continue with so the anyway, story and then I'll tell you the, the tri- new tri- committee tri-
2: I'm surprised you don't know that. Yeah,
1: that's I don't I, I actually never heard of that. that's Puerto
2: Rican. I well, my Puerto Rican husband said. Maybe
1: that's the issue. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a Dominican was serving you, and it's like, yeah, oh, it's Puerto Rican. I'm gonna, I'm maybe. gonna give him some, some food poisoning.
2: <laughs> maybe the one way person down there, there,
1: but no. at, at Dominicans and Puerto Ricans don't like each other up here.
2: No, it, it's like, well,
1: it's, is it universal, Lewis, Comment. Is it universal? It's a maybe. It's a baseball thing. That's you know,
0: because Puerto Rico says they have the baseball best baseball players. Uh, Dominican Republic said they have the baseball player best. I think it's best so much, so
2: much deeper than that.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of baseball bath involved, Scott. But was <laughs> there a war or something? That's just
2: added know. to it, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, Scott, you're just so white. Just <laughs> oh, it's a baseball thing. Yeah, it's a baseball thing. That's why it's the ones it they just want to know who the best baseball player is. Yeah, Google it. Ask Jeeves it, Scott. Okay, <laughs> ask Jeeves. <laughs> so anyway, back to the tree.
2: All right, it's all right. So so we go, and you know, I get. My empanadas, I have to get them everywhere. Oh, and, by the way, the
0: co- Committee of Doing is what it's called, and it's in Gainesville. Wow.
2: Okay. okay. A little I far, was close. farther away.
0: And it's the building department. Continue.
2: <laughs> where was I? So the girls ordered tripleta fries, which looked amazing, smelled amazing. It had pork and beef and chicken, but that's where the Jew and me comes in. All right? I don't eat pork very often. Uh, So I'm eating this.
0: this So wait, you don't eat bacon.
2: Okay, wait, that's where I draw the line.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Meat and cheese? I'm very
0: Jewish until it comes to bacon. I,
2: I am not kosher. I'll put it that way. I was never raised in a kosher household, but I don't eat ham. I don't eat pork. I like bacon very, very crispy. I like it on the side with my breakfast. I don't want it on a burger. I don't want bacon bits on my salad. Like I don't want anything like that. Just Mm. it's on the side as a breakfast meat, basically. So I'm diving into these fries. They're amazing. And I'm eating the greasiest, greasiest empanada I have ever had in my entire life. And I get home and about two hours later, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling great right now. feeling a lot. A little nauseous. I don't know what's happening. At this point, I have to grab the trash can so I know it's getting serious. Oh man. Then Scott is texting me. Hold on about oh,
0: I forgot what we were talking about. I, I forgot this whole story was about the food truck.
2: Oh yeah. It's in depth. Wow. It's quite wow. a story.
1: How many bud lights were okay. you in?
2: Oh, my I'm trying to <laughs> not Enough. slow yeah, my words, you know, but Wait, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> um so Scott keeps texting me about the episode that night and i'm all in I'm like yes this is what's happening i'm going to be there it's going to be great
0: oh yeah because i had a feeling mary was not going to be there
2: yeah we were talking and about it was the valentine's day episode it was yes. going to be great so I was, i'm
0: like you have to be the like it's going to be you and me and chris, like it has to be you and me leading this episode chris is going to kind of be yeah you know what chris does yes, yes i'm
2: pretty sure you said to me like i'm just going to keep passing stuff off to you it's exactly. going to be great Yes. So, I felt the pressure at that point in multiple <laughs> parts of my body. It was awful. So, then I, I end up in the bathroom. I am just throwing up. I am puking my brains out. And I have not had this happen probably since I was 18 and got alcohol poisoning. So, nice. it was... Nice.
0: we now have our next episode of right after dark planned uh sarah and her alcohol poisoning
2: that was a lot as well i learned a lot during that that that's a different episode um (laughs) so uh anyways um i keep losing track of where i am
0: (laughs) welcome Uh, to the no new friends podcast (laughs) after dark
2: so i i end up basically throwing up for a total of 15 hours I mean, I at one point I got into bed. I thought I was fine. Actually, while Lewis was recording with you guys that night, I was in the bathtub in the girls' bathroom. And I just I couldn't move. Like bathtub, warm water with a trash can next to me. It was awful. And when he was finished recording, I heard him say, Okay, guys, you know, have a good night, whatever. I text him, You gotta come save me. All right. I don't have a towel. I don't have anything. Like I, I am just dead i thought i was gonna pass out in the water so i make it to bed for about an hour maybe two end up in the walk-in closet which is close to the toilet for if i have to continue puking and i alcohol, feel like this is an
0: alcohol related story not absolutely necessarily a not food
2: drug. it felt like it but absolutely and i've never gotten food poisoning before so I, I, kn-
0: I know you like to like pre uh mimosa oh uh instead of pre pepto, yeah, you like to, you know, get oh, mimosa yeah. for the oh, yeah. recording,, oh, yeah. yeah, I get it yeah,
2: there's there's multiple drinks throughout the day, so was and it one
0: of the Jewish bathtubs?
2: Not one of the Jewish <laughs> bathtubs. no, it Which wasn't big about enough in the
0: next uh, yeah, you'll you learn about dark. the next after dark, yeah that'll that'll be a lot funnier next week.
2: it's It's big enough for an eight year old, you know, but for me, it was kind of embarrassing. But I had to make it work because I was so uncomfortable. so i I get to work the next day thinking, okay, I'm going to make it. It's going to be fine. Even a couple hours. I made it two and a half hours. I actually told Lewis to drive me to work that morning. He starts a half an hour later than me. said, you have to drive me. I can't see straight. I am falling asleep. Oh my I am God. sick. I'm going to throw up if I get behind the wheel. He drove me to work. And about two and a half later, I said, two and a half hours later, I said, hey, listen, I... I, I got to go. I can't handle this anymore. I was sitting in my office over the trash can, and and I spent the rest of the day just half dead on the couch trying to sleep. So, so I missed the episode. Is the moral and I kept, of the story? And I
0: kept texting you the whole next day. So uh, you know, how was the sleep?
2: I was. I was trying to be as responsive as possible. You know.
0: Hey, yeah, listen. You were much better than Chris and Mary combined. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I applaud you.
2: I still well, say to myself, well, somebody <laughs> has to answer.
0: <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: So it. correct me if I'm wrong. So all this story taught me was that she prioritizes work over the podcast. So we're going to have, That's some, I I we're made we're have to have some conversations.
2: So, so <laughs> I I learned this thing. I don't know if, if it's accurate, but it seems to be according to my paycheck. That <laughs> if a salary manager calls out of work. Right. They don't have to get paid for that day. However, what? if you are a salary manager and you show up for even even an hour, you're still considered having been at work and you get paid.
1: Oh.
0: So that is- You don't is have like sick
2: time? The, no. So that's the Jew in me, okay, <sighs> that said, I am going to show up to work for as long as I possibly can, as deathly ill as I am, just so I can get paid. And I sure as shit did, oh, and I got wow. my full paycheck.
1: See the way my work up uh, is <laughs> totally different. We
3: um, I'm encouraged. <laughs> if you not don't to trade
0: enough,
1: yeah. If you don't trade enough Pokemon cards,
3: yeah, are uh, not
0: gonna make any money that day.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, uh, wow. Very, very. Um, thoughts and prayers to Sarah. That yeah. Sounds that was a very um, it's a trauma. I guess I, that's a trauma, and uh, we do have an HR department if you do want to seek therapy.
2: Well, Um, you know, then Scott said to me, so I have this idea for like a food truck every week. No, thank you.
0: No, I did. (laughs) 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 So, so you know, you, you all know me. I love to have nicknames. I love to have segments. And what's funny is, so pulling back, this is major pulling back the curtain. So after she killed off Jimmy Carter, who, by the way, I'm getting very nervous, still has not died.
1: I know um, he's he's scheduled to be on at the end of April. <laughs> <it>? <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. So we're going to have to produce Jimmy Jimmy Carter.
1: So if anybody I, if anybody does a really good Jimmy Carter impersonation, please reach out to us at yeah, Many Friends Podcast at Yahoo. Getting
0: very nervous. So 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 when Sarah kills off Jimmy Carter, I have this idea. I'm like, okay, you're going to be the angel of death, and. Every week, you're going to do celebrity death predictions.
1: To which I replied, great idea, because I really wanted to get past the idea of Super Jew.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Which I asked.
2: Which I, kept... I still have no offense towards. I mean, and, honestly. Oh,
0: I do. <laughs> we, we just lost half of, our, <laughs> half of our viewers on Twitch. We have <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I, yeah, I kept begging Chris, please let me call her Super Jew. Please let me call her Super Jew. And he's like, you can't. That's just too yeah. much. So I'm like, "Okay, well, Sarah, you're gonna be Angel of Death, and every week you have to like do like predictions of celebrity deaths, and we're gonna have Ryan and Chris write this bit for you, so you don't have to you don't have to think about it, but like it's gonna be like funny things like." You know, anybody acting with Alec Baldwin.
1: That's what I came up with. And then right. you were like, that
2: was a good one.
1: Maybe not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's going to call you Super Duke, he won't let me just do an Alec Baldwin <laughs> joke. So, so, so I, I, I'm, we're
0: all excited about this. We're all really excited about this. Well, as we get closer to the episode, I'm thinking, man, this is so, uh, so I, I, I contact and just, uh, I do not collaborate with Ryan on his Jersey Man, Florida Man, except for this one. And, the, and, and he was already kind of going to do the obituaries, but I'm like, you have to call her the angel of death. That's what I need you to call her the angel of death. That was the plan. So as this, as this episode is playing out, this last episode, we, we talk about the food truck so much. And so when the, the segment finally comes, I'm like, you know what? I think this is going to be a really dark segment, and I only see it lasting about a week or two. <laughs> so then it was just the, the food truck thing. And so here we are. I don't know why I started talking about this. This is why I don't drink in podcast.
1: I know. Sometimes. I'm sorry if you had to listen to Scott for the last 15 minutes talk about <laughs> something that he could have wrapped up in probably about 15 seconds. That, that could have been um, an email. <laughs> I'm going to continue talking so Scott doesn't. So um, that's the story on the food truck. Um, hopefully it was very graphic for you guys. Hopefully your stomachs are churning. <laughs> hopefully you just envision her. Please send your thoughts and prayers here. She's still recovering from this drama. Uh, as she, We help her. But are, you re- but, hold on, but are you ready for bikini season?
0: from the I, stomach
2: virus I, you won't cast me dead in a bikini anyways oh. okay but but yes the answer for the podcast yes absolutely <laughs>
1: you're learning so <laughs> yeah, yes hashtag content so uh as as we help uh sarah heal through her uh trauma of the uh foodborne illness from the empanada uh we actually did something fun not, not we as in me, it was Sarah and Scott had a really, really, really cool interview with Mark Christopher Lawrence. Now, who is Mark Christopher Lawrence, you might ask. Google him. Once you see his face, you're like, oh, I know that guy. Uh, he was, I, I, I can't put a, a, a name to the face or a face to the name, whatever that it says, but I know that guy from somewhere. And then when you check him out on IMDb, you're like, oh my gosh, that's that guy. He was uh he's most known for the boss on the show, Chuck. He started in something like 87 out of the 91 episodes. He is a super cool guy, super nice guy. And Scott and Sarah had a chance to sit down and have an interview with him. You guys are about to hear that. Now I uh pulling back the curtain. I actually did partake of the interview. I was able to you you uh, listen. Yeah. I was, I was able to listen to the interview on my way to the Poconos, which if you didn't hear the Poconos story, you'll hear it in one of these episodes coming up. If you didn't hear it already, I don't know when this is going to air. Yeah. So <laughs> you're going to hear the Poconos story in the next episode. There we go. So, um, Uh, I was on the way to the Poconos in the Zoom room on Discord messaging Scott and Sarah uh, potential questions to ask. Uh, I do like um, picking these people's brains, so it was really fun for me to uh, shoot them some of the questions. Without any further ado, here is our interview with Mark Christopher Lars. There are three things that I hate in life. Taxes, nausea, and booking vacations. The first two I'm stuck with, but for the third, I use Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpiper Vacations is a small business that is LGBTQ owned and operated with travel advisors all over the country. Whether it's a cruise, a trip to a theme park, or an all-inclusive resort, Sandpiper has you covered. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it's free. Why book a vacation when you can have someone else do it for you? That's like choosing to take the stairs on a building that has an elevator. Leave the headaches of booking a vacation to someone else. Get your quote today at www.sandpipervacations.com and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you.
0: Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast. We are very excited that we've got another special guest in here with us. Uh, again, so many impressive credits. Character actor, stand up comedian. He's been in popular films like Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Tales from the Hood, Planet of the Apes, Lost Treasure. Also, a bunch of TV appearances. Heroes, My Name is Earl, Crossing Jordan, Dharma and Greg, Malcolm in the Middle, but most well-known for his role as Big Mike on the NBC series, Chuck. We've got Mark Christopher Lawrence with us. How are you today, Mark?
3: Well, thank you.
0: So, an extremely impressive career that's that spanned over over years and years. Where did it all start for you? How did you get into the gig of, uh, of comedy and acting?
3: Uh, started in high school. Um, my 10th grade English teacher got me involved in speech and debate. She introduced me to a guy who got me involved in stand-up. I ended up at USC on a debate scholarship, took a voice class for speaking and centering, and I was a junior already, and got hopped into auditioning for the acting program at SC and got in and started working professionally the same year. Wow.
0: You've you've opened for some major acts, Uh Sinbad, jo- Je- Foxworthy, Jerry Seinfeld, Rodney Dangerfield. How was it? How was it working with those legends in in comedy?
3: Uh, I think probably the, the 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 most epic one was Dangerfield. Working with Dangerfield, um, I was working uh, actually for Bob Zaney. Uh, he used to book Dangerfield's club in Vegas. It was called uh, Rodney's Place. It was at the old El Rancho Hotel, and I was working there, and Rodney. Uh, got sued by Caesar's palace because he missed a weekend of shows oh. and he counter sued and won. And that night I uh, get to the showroom and the uh, the showroom uh, runner uh, Dutch was his name. Said to, he was like the last bastion of mafioso Vegas. He says, Hey, listen, I sent all those other hacks home. He says, so it's just going to be you. You do 30 minutes and you introduce Rodney. I said, okay, what should I say? He said, uh, "It's Rodney freaking Dangerfield. Say his name." <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Was that was that a lot of pressure having to open open for these guys, or or is it, it obviously no, it's easier to open? Too,
3: I was too young to, to understand pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my twenties. In, in your twenties, you got no fear. It's like like when you get to be my age now. It's like uh, you, there's no way I would ride in the back of a moving truck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
3: You know, in my 20s, I could fall off that truck, but wouldn't scrape my face because I'd get my hands down.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny what we used to do, you know, back when we were younger, drinking out of a hose, no big deal, sitting right. in the back of a truck, no big deal. Now uh, now we're all in car seats as adults, to be safe, right. in mm-hmm. a bubble.
3: You know, it's, 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 life is just funny that way. But but back to your question, you know, Rodney was, was fun to work with and hang out with, you know, I literally hung out with him until the sun came up. Oh wow. And, um, wow! and then, you know, when I worked with Sinbad, it was, it was for a fundraiser. It was, it was me, Henry Cho, Sinbad, and Bill Ingvall. Oh, wow. And we were, we were at Rupp Arena in Kentucky. There's 10,000 people there. And I go up, have a great set. Cho goes up, has a great set. Sinbad goes up, has him turn the lights on so he could see the audience. Does like five or ten minutes of crowd work with the audience that was hysterical and then got into his act and took it up a whole nother notch and then bill came up and started talking about dancing with the stars and was walking people a whole row at a time <laughs> and, and i understood why bill was closing the show was because it was kentucky and they figured you know, that was his crowd sure but but they wanted to see here's your sign they didn't want to hear him talking about you know dancing with <laughs> the stars <laughs> <laughs>
0: right that's funny you, okay, so you spent some time with Sinbad. Have you ever heard of the the Mandela effect, where we remember something, but it didn't actually happen? So there's there's these conspiracy theories that Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam, where he played a, a genie. But that movie doesn't exist anywhere. And I'm hoping that maybe you could shed some light. Do you remember him doing a movie? That was Shaq. I,
2: okay, it yes, was Shaq. it was Shaq.
0: But there yeah. there's... There are pictures. I, I mean, I remember seeing Sinbad with this purple cover and his his arms, and it's this weird phenomenon where people remember that he was in this movie called Shazam, but he wasn't. Huh. It's nowhere.
3: Yeah, no, no, that was Shaq. Is it was it Shazam? Is that what it was it called? Shazam. Was it
0: something? Shazam or Kazam? I think Shaq was in Kazam. <laughs> Kazam. Yeah, and there yeah. is a Shazam, but has nothing with, to do with, with Sinbad
3: with the uh, uh, Zach Levi who it, was, right. Yeah.
0: and you got to work with him on on Chuck, eighty seven episodes yeah. you were in. Um, how was that? What was that like? And and what was the call like when you uh, when you got the call that you got that role?
3: Um, you know, it was just okay. I, it was <laughs> it was a year where I was up for five pilots, and um, that audition was just for uh, a guest star, possibly recurring. So I didn't really put any time into the audition beforehand, and until the night before, and then because I was trying to get one of those series regular roles and then uh auditioned for chuck and you know they said uh thank you and i <laughs> went home and and uh i get a call saying you know I, I didn't get any of the pilots that i was up for that i tested for and then get a call saying hey uh so you booked this thing on chuck it's it's possibly recurring it's going to be high and by a real s- small part of that okay so i go and shoot the pilot and then June rolls around, and the series gets picked up. And I actually read for the character of Harry Tang. And so they said, uh, yeah, by the way, you're going to be Big Mike, which is the character they wrote for you. You will, uh, you know, it'll probably be, you know, just high and by kind of thing. And about halfway through, it's like the thing was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I was like, I told my agents, I said, "Hey, this is not a series. This is not a high and buy role." I said, "Tell them I'm not coming back for this money."
0: All oh, right, right. And
3: and they, uh, you know, did the right thing and made me serious sure, sure.
0: it. Oh, good. That's that's yeah, that's important. Do you have any? Are there any roles that you regret turning down? Anything come mm-hmm. come up that? No, no,
3: no. Um, I've really only turned down two things my whole career, and they both were. Uh, cigarette ads aimed at kids.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that, I
3: mean that makes yeah, sense. And you know, one was in Germany and I think the other one was in Ireland and, and it was right at the heels of uh the movie Fear of a Black Hat and they wanted me to play a rapper. And um and some of my agents said, nah, I said, you know, I said grown ups aren't listening to this stuff. I said, so this is about selling cigarettes to kids and I pass.
0: Yeah, kudos. Kudos to you for making that call because there, there may or may not be a lot of uh, people in that position who are like, oh, I, I just want the work. I'm going to do it whether I yeah. believe it or not. So kudos, kudos to you. It speaks speaks volume for y- your character.
3: Well, it's funny. One of my one of my agents said, you know, they're going to get somebody to do it anyway. We might as well go get the money. And I was like, well, the money is not that important to me. It's like if, if, if I'm cooking kids on cigarettes, I said, I'd rather not have that on my conscience.
0: Right. No, for sure. Who have you worked with in your career that had the biggest impact on you Personally and professionally.
3: Mm, Barry Shabaka Henley. Okay. He's, he's on iHeart Abishola. Uh, we, we met in 87 at the Los Angeles Theater Center. He was doing a play there. I was doing a different play. And uh, we became friends uh, <laughs> one night. Uh, I would bring my clippers and shave my head. And one night he asked me, he says, hey, we're in the dressing room. It's like it's intermission of his show. He goes, hey, do you have your clippers? I said, yeah. He said, you mind shaving my head for me? I was like, okay. So I shaved his head in the middle of his show. Wow. And then I watched the monitor. He goes out, and he's doing all this stuff, and Madge Sinclair is working with him, and she's busy, you know, doing her actor stuff on stage, and she looks at him, and then she turns, and she does a double take. (laughs) He notices (laughs) his head is shaved. And he and I have been friends ever since, like brothers.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, having, having experience uh, in so many different movies, television shows, wh- what's the best advice that you have either gotten or given to aspiring actors?
3: Uh, I think the best advice I got was on Terminator 2, and it was from Earl Bowen. Uh, God rest his soul. He passed away, I think, last week or so. Oh. And uh, he told me, he says, Mark, he says, get a bank account way across town. He says, "Don't take the ATM card." He says, "He says just get like a savings account and just keep it way across town." He says, "Take ten percent of everything that you make and stick it in that account." He says, "And um, before you know it, there's a nice little nest egg in there." He says, "And when somebody presents you with a job that's beneath you or they're, they're trying to pay you less than, than you need to, you have some fu money in the bank."
0: Ah, right, right,
3: right. And that was that was the best advice <laughs> that I ever got.
0: So do you do you go back and watch the? Uh the shows or the movies that you've been in and, uh, and and look back and go, oh, I could have done that better, could have done that better, or that was really good, that's some of my best work? Or do you stay away from watching yourself?
3: I always watch it when it comes out, and it's hard for me not to pick myself apart. And then uh, there's a couple of movies that, that I've gone back to watch, and and, and one of them in particular, uh, which I think is, is probably the most fun I've ever had on set, was Fear of a Black Hat. Okay, and uh, so I watched that and just laugh. you <laughs> like okay i was I wasn't a good actor at the time, but this is crazy funny, and you know we were so irreverent, and we made fun of so many different rappers and and uh, it was it was a good time and and it still holds up today
0: with with all the with all the jobs that you've had and and all the everything that you've done, what's your favorite aspect? Is it the relationship uh, with the cast or is it making people laugh? What's what's what kind of gets you up in the morning to uh, to go to work?
3: Well, I think I think uh, the thing that that makes you want to continue to do it is that that you get to be somebody else. Okay. you know, you get to create, you know, this character that that uh, hopefully affects people. Sure. You know, um, one thing I, I, I like about stage is that you affect them in real time. So like if you're doing a play, you know, you got people laughing or crying right now, as opposed to waiting to see if the editor does your good turn and, and you have an effect on them, you know, in, in TV and film. Um, so it's just the creating uh, is what I like most. Um, and then Everything else is a byproduct of the creating, you know, you meeting new friends and some of them be, become lifelong friends and some of them, you know, you, you probably never talk to again. Sure. And not out of, out of decision to not do, it's just, you know, people have different lives. Right. Yeah, I know. I get that.
0: You, you talk about the, the excitement of being someone else. Uh, do you have a dream role uh, or some, some, someone or something that you want to play, whether historical or fig or uh, fictional? Mm.
3: Uh, I don't have a quote-unquote dream role. I think I'd like to play something really dark. Oh, okay. Because because people see me as funny. Okay. And I realize I'm funny, and, and, you know, comedy comes easy to me, but I think I'm a better dramatic actor than I am a comedic actor because I work harder at digging around in the ugly stuff to make a dramatic role work. Right. And I think, for me, it's like I would want to play a really – dark character like like if you look at Lithgow in his in his arc on Dexter right example yes you know you first meet him he's this nice guy and then the next time you see that lady she's bleeding out in her tub yeah spoiler alert (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) so it's like so so I want to play something like that it's like I, I mean there's a couple of characters that I've I've looked up online that you know one of them we started started really considering writing a piece about and then uh then we found out somebody had already done it and it didn't do well and i'm thinking you know maybe it was their their execution maybe that's we should probably revisit it so i may revisit that gotcha
0: it's it's funny that you say that because there's a lot of there's a lot of comedy or a lot of actors who have ended up in comedic roles that prefer the drama you know going back Robert Reed in the Brady Bunch you know he was mm-hmm. a dramatic serious actor and then he's yeah. playing America's dad forever so it's 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 because I didn't I didn't picture that from you but you know as you started talking about it, I was like okay yeah I get it you know it's it you don't want to just be known for your comedy you want to be able to show that depth so I, ho- right. I hope I hope that happens for you that'd be amazing yeah, I've to had see a
3: couple projects over the past year that that you know playing a dramatic role but you know, they allow me to do a little funny in them. Like, I, I did a thing for Tyler Perry uh, in 2020 that that um, is pretty much a dramatic role, but they hired me because they knew that I could bring some funny to it. Sure. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I hope it happens too. It's like, I, I, I may have to produce it myself, but, you know, we'll do what we do.
0: There you go. I mean, that's what, look, Lin-Manuel Miranda started his career by not being able to be cast in certain roles. So he wrote In the Heights yeah. and... Yeah. Look where, he, look where he is now. Have you seen an example of a comedian that's kind of stepped out of their comfort zone to take on that dramatic role that that kind of inspires you to do that?
3: Well, I don't know that, that I'm inspired by that, but but uh, the first one that comes to mind is Richard Belzer, okay, who uh, passed away this week. He, um, you know, he was a really funny comedian, and he started doing that show for 20 years as a very heavy kind of cop. <laughs>
0: right, right.
3: So, so you know, he he comes to mind. But then the flip side of that is Leslie Nielsen, who started his career as the heavy and everything that he was in. He was the bad guy. Sure. And then uh, along came what was it, Uh, Naked Gun?
0: Oh, Naked Gun. Oh, yeah, 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 Leslie. Naked yeah, Gun. Yeah.
3: Where where he became really funny and he started getting all these funny roles. Robert De Niro.
0: Oh yeah, another That's one. Not. Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like his his you analyze this that it, it sort of reinvented. You know, even though he's still playing a gangster, but it was hilarious. You know. Are you at all concerned though? Like,
0: you know, you've been known for comedy. What that could do moving forward? Are now is it too dark and you can't get back into comedy, or are you okay with that?
3: No, because I'm doing stand up. So, okay. so even if even if I play a role that's really dark, you know, I'm still I still got the stand up and I still have, you know, this body of funny work. You know, it's, it's not like anybody can say, Well, he's not funny, he's always a dramatic guy. Not, that's not the case.
0: What, what's the favorite role your favorite role that you've ever had
3: it's got to be tone deaf and fear of a black hat okay I mean it was it's really stupid and it's 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 a rap spinal tap it's it, it was uh, you know just ridiculously funny and and irreverent and like I said I just watch it and laugh
0: <laughs> right right what do you uh what, what are you working on now you've got I know you've got a new uh, new television show coming up uh fragment oblivion on uh, pure um, pure flicks.com yeah what's, yeah, a, what's that all about a,
3: it's a mini series um it, it's 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 um a thriller okay you know it, that that would happen if billions of what would happen if if billions of people just disappeared from the earth?
0: oh okay
3: you know the story uses like the the reality of of our last few years here it's 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 based in past present and future and, you know, each of the main characters have their own story of what happens to them after these people disappear, after their loved ones disappear, after, you know, they call it the blink. After that, after the blink happens, then, you know, uh, how do these characters survive? And my character is a detective and he's, he's you know, loses his, his family, disappears his wife and his, his daughter. And so he's like, you know, trying to figure out what happened. What is the blink? What is, you know, this thing that, that left me so lonely. And,
0: right. And
3: right. and in his in his uh his search for answers, you know, he just comes to grips with himself and and uh how he probably needs to start changing his life to live his life in a certain way. And um you know and it's 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 a six episode miniseries. And I guess if people go and watch it and and love it then you know hopefully pure Flix will give us more episodes but right now it's just a mini series and uh, i would say if you if you watch it and love it write some comments yeah to to pure Flix and say hey we want to see more of this for me personally it's like it was one of those productions where they didn't have a lot of money so they they could there were stunts involved Mm -hmm. so i had to (laughs) work with a trainer to get myself physically ready to do these stunts Oh wow and uh, you know these fighting scenes and and all that and and really had a great time doing that and then you know get there and do the project and it was a lot of fun
0: that's awesome yeah it, it that sounds really really interesting kind of like a sci-fi that's right up Sarah's like our resident nerd she loves everything yeah. sci-fi and all that I was
2: gonna say it sounds very like apocalyptic almost Marvel-esque in a way yeah. but <laughs> but that sounds awesome
3: without the superheroes. Right. right. Yeah,
2: yeah, most definitely, but it, that's still, I mean, I love true crime, so I could sit down yeah. and watch a detective, I mean, show, movie, anything, any time of the day.
0: So, Pure Flix, you know, it's uh, streaming, how have mm-hmm. you... F- how have you found that over the last, what, 10 years, has streaming opportunities changed your career trajectory at any, I said, open up more doors for more projects instead of going the, the traditional network route or, or traditional um, theater route?
3: I don't know that it, that it, that it's opened up more doors. I mean, it kept me afloat when things were slow. Sure. You know, it was like, all of a sudden, here were, here, here were some opportunities that came my way that some of them were just offers and I'd have to jump through the hoops which was great. I think the downside of it is, is that most of the time the streaming stuff uh, it doesn't pay the way network and, and major motion pictures pay, so you got to do two or three or four of them to make your money. Sure. You know, so um, uh, that's the biggest change is that people will get you on the cheap if they can but I, I think that it's 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 great that there are more opportunities, right. you know, for people to work and and you know, without being selfish, it's like it's like I'd rather see a bunch of my friends working, you know, even if I'm not, right? You know, it's it's, it's nice to see people work when when especially when you know, you know, we're all we all have struggles from time to
0: time. You know, you, you hear a lot of uh, negative stories in Hollywood with the pressure and negative influences, uh, being in the huge amount of projects that you've been in. And and you're I admire how how much of a positive person you are. What's the secret to staying so positive with all those pressures and all the quote unquote negativity or peer pressure or whatever that, that surrounds Hollywood?
3: Well, I think for me it's it's about, you know, surrounding myself with people that are grounded, you know, people like, like most of my closest friends are not in the industry. Okay. You know, um I have a few that, that are tight friends that we've been friends for years and years and years. But, you know, the ones that I see mostly every day or talk to every day are are not in the industry. And, you know, they care less that that, I'm on TV. They they just want me to be happy. Sure. You know, it's it's like I have a tight circle of friends that, you know, some of them are military. Some of them are educators, you know, um, uh, tech people. And we all just kind of hold each other up and accountable, and and I think that's important to have you know a core group of people around you that will tell you the truth, you know, as opposed to having a bunch of people around you who are just trying to use you to to get into the industry or whatever. Right. And and so that's what keeps me grounded. Is 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 it, and it helps to have a mother that prays every morning with a group of people. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: All right. So um, my one of my co-hosts is not here and he would kill me if I did not ask this question. Okay. And you are more than welcome to not answer the question. It's a silly question. Okay. Nope. But we sit at home and we watch actors perform. We watch uh, television shows. And we often wonder, some of us do uh who is who's the smelliest actor who smells good who smells bad do you, <laughs> who, who uh you know do you have any any memories of someone smelling really good or really bad that you could share with I, us
3: i don't think i have any uh experiences with a funky actor okay uh thank goodness because um, because uh, i have no filter <laughs> and, um uh but 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 there are actors that smell good you know uh okay. uh, uh Ryan McPartland you know and Chuck he come come to set he's got some good smelling cologne and he's a pretty man
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh thank you for answering that i i appreciate it we we get we get funny uh, funny answers from every uh every celebrity interview that we've done now you've got some stand-up shows coming up. One in particular in San Diego on March 16th at the Mike Drop Comedy yes. Club. Website it's a is. Clean show. It's a clean show. Yeah, you are you are a yeah. clean performer. Which, uh, you know, there's so many stand-up comedians that feel like they need to f this, f that, and and it, it gets distracting. And uh, kudos to you for keeping it clean.
3: Well, I started in 11th grade, so right. I couldn't cuss. Okay, I still lived in my mother's house. <laughs>
0: right, right. <laughs> Ro- you know, oh.
3: you know, one of her friends would have saw it. Okay? Girl, you need to go talk to that Mark Christopher. He's cussing and canon. <laughs> <laughs> and to bring him down to the church, we can lay hands on him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So
0: that's.
2: I definitely- can appreciate any comedy I can watch around my children. Right. But that
0: yeah, no, and for and sure. And that too.
3: It's like, it's like I, 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 I can work in a club. I was working with, with Robin, uh, Robin Harris years ago. And Black Comedy Act Theater in L.A. was like the place to be on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And Robin uh, had me open for him sometimes like at a show in a park on a Saturday. Oh, wow. And he was doing the exact same act, which was filthy the night before squeaky clean in the park. Wow. And he said to me, he says, Mark, always write clean. You can work anywhere.
0: Yes. Yep. I, I have a lot of friends that are nationally touring comedians and, and they tell me that all the time uh, because I used to book them at the the go kart center that I used to work at and they Mm -hmm. would get jobs with us because we were a family place. And uh, they, they, they told me that all the time. If you can do a clean show, you know, you, You're going to, you're going to, your opportunities are uh, a a lot more, uh, there's a lot more opportunities for you.
3: Yeah. I do a lot of churches. I mean, I can go squeaky clean.
0: Right. Wow. That's amazing. I can, I've never seen a comedy show at a church, but I feel like that's on my bucket list now just to see how, (laughs) how it goes. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, How can they follow you?
3: Probably the best thing to do, just go to my website, markchristopherlawrence.com scroll all the way to the bottom. And you'll see uh, all my buttons for social media. I'm easy to find. Marcus, Google Marcus for Lawrence. You can find me. I'm easy.
0: It's a good looking website. I spent some time on there today. It's, that That website is sharp. And I'm looking at our nonsense. I
3: think it's time to do do something different, though. I think it's time to make a little change to it. Well,
0: uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence, thank you so much for for hanging out with us tonight and and spending some time. Really appreciate it.
3: Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Thank you.
0: You're listening to the No New Friends podcast. We'll be back.
2: Want to join a cult? Well this might be your lucky day. For just $2 a month and a simple blood oath, you can join our clubhouse and become a friend with benefits. In addition to the amazing feeling of donating to the poor, you will have access to Patreon exclusive content, live shows, and maybe even a behind-the-scenes look at my secret stash. To get started, head on over to No New and hit join our clubhouse. Can't wait to see you at the initiation ceremony. Oh, and in the chat during our live shows, of course.
1: Thank you for listening. If you listen this far, thank you so much. This was our first ever episode. Hope you guys like it. We have so much planned for this No New Friends After Dark. If you are listening to this and didn't know we stream this, we do stream No New Friends After Dark on Wednesday nights after we record our podcast. So you can, if you go to NNF Podcast on Twitch, you can subscribe, you can follow. Subscribe so that'd be awesome. But if you just follow, following's free. Turn on your notifications; you'll get that notification. Subscribing when you're live. is free. You just well, have subscribing to get a... is free if you have Amazon Prime. Correct. So if you, yeah, if you pay for yeah. Amazon Prime, subscribing is free. I uh, wasn't going to go into that spiel, but here we are. <laughs> Sorry, this is why I don't drink in podcasts. I, I know, and so um, the the other reason why Scott doesn't drink in podcasts is so he doesn't say this is why I don't drink in podcasts sixteen <laughs> times.
2: <laughs> I was so, going to say now that's a drinking game. Dr- yes. yes,
1: drinking for Sarah and I are steroids. <laughs> drinking for Scott is like a beta blocker. I don't. Know that. So, we're also under the age of thirty, so I guess that helps. <laughs> so, again, thank you for, to our listeners for listening. Uh, that was kind of weird. Um, and like, <laughs> special, a special thank you to Sandpiper Vacations, who is uh, who is sponsoring this episode. They help keep the show going. You listeners keep help wow. This is why I don't host. You listeners keep help the show going. Thank you for listening slash watching slash brailing. If you're if you're deaf, uh, maybe we, maybe this is out in braille and you're reading and you're feeling this right now. Maybe you're feeling this. <laughs> maybe if Nick you, from Sandpaperification is a is a braille interpreter. I'm gonna have to reach out to him. I will get back to you on that. Um,
0: Did you say so,
2: deaf though?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just. I, Um, Deaf is the one where you can't... sign language you can't hear. hear. Oh! For all our blind listeners out there, (laughs) if you're brailing this, you're welcome.
0: Are you going to do an outro to the end of the show? You have to do, like, Chris's final
2: thoughts
1: or something. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, look at, look at, Sarah, you see this? Scott just pawning things on me, like I didn't just like... (laughs) No pressure, but
2: come up with a whole new thing. Yeah, 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 here,
1: I just thought of a segment for you. Come up off the top of your head with Chris's (laughs) final thoughts. Like, I didn't just go on for three minutes doing an outro, and he's like, Hey, you got an outro for us? What was that? What did I just do, Sarah? Did I not just do an outro? Did I just say thank you to 100 people? Even to the blind?
2: Can I plead the fifth now?
1: <laughs> I just I just thanked the blind, Scott. What other outro do you need? All right. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, if you like that, there's more to come. Something Scott wishes he could do. So <laughs> we are going to be back here again next week, relatively same time. As fast as Scott can edit this thing is as fast as we're going to put it out. The longer I talk right now, uh, the more it prolongs the putting out of this episode. So I'm going to keep this short and sweet. We will see you next week. No New Friends After Dark has been
0: brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations, sandpipervacations.com. Just check out our website, no nonewfriendspodcast.com. Become a friend with benefits. Check out our sweet merch and so much more. This has been a No New Friends Entertainment LLC production.